0: Is Friday, February 23rd, 2024. I'm Charlie Shine, and reading the front pages of the Hartford Current and the New York Times with me today is Bill Murphy. We're going to start by taking a look at the pictures on the front page of the New York Times, and then we're going to jump over to Bill, take a look at the pictures in the front page of the Current, and get our first story. So we look at the Times, and in the upper left hand side, we see a color photo of Wow, a bombed-out apartment complex in Gaza. The caption, flattened homes in uh, Rafa. A round of strikes killed nearly 100 across the Strip as Israel set a deadline for its ground offensive. And uh, more on that as uh, the broadcast progresses, but uh, the picture itself uh, looks like um, basically shattered apartment building, and then you can see in the uh, center of the picture you've got a family sitting in an apartment where the outside wall has been completely destroyed, and they're just sitting in the apartment. As we move on down, at the fold, we have a picture of Mexico's President Andreas Manuel López Obrador. Uh, the story itself, in Mexico U.S. eyed company, a leader kept. And right under the fold, a photo uh, captioned a "Farewell Too Soon," Morning Kelvin Kiptum, a Kenyan world-holding re- marathoner, who died this month at age 24. And then finally, on the uh, we got two thumbnail photos. Uh, we have uh, Paris jewel for a day shut for jewel rather shut for the fourth day. Unions for striking workers say mismanagement by the Eiffel Towers operators risk needed. Per- uh, repairs. And then uh, the final photo in the weekend section, celebrating blackness. A founder of the uh, Kamoji workshop, uh, Ray Francis, took photos that document members of the African diaspora. Uh, and uh, that's the photo itself is um, looks like two black women, one with a, uh, an afro and the other one with a much shorter haircut, both, uh, but they are both women, though. Um, uh, circa 1970s, it says the photo. And that's it for the pictures in the front page of the New York Times. We now jump over to Bill and get the pictures in the front page of The Current and our first story. Hello, Bill.
1: Hello, Charlie. Uh, nice pictures on the front page. Uh, flower Power, that is the headline here, big black letters. I'm going to read the caption, then I'll... Uh, I think that kind of explains it, but I'll, I'll expose expand on that. Uh, Barbara Sagis of Brantford and Paula McDonough of Monroe take photos of primroses at the Connecticut Greenhouse Growers Association booth as they start to plan their gardens for spring during the Connecticut Flower and Garden Show on Thursday at the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford. And that's just what they are, two ladies, two ladies, uh, one of them has her phone. Looks like she's taking a picture. Beautiful flowers, red, yellow, white. And underneath that, uh, Jenny Fam of Waterbury gets her photo taken at the Gretsch Farms landscape display during the Flower and Garden Show. And it says the show runs through Sunday. So looks like that's a touch of spring on the way. That's good, flower show. Two other pictures. Uh, one is a picture of President Biden meeting with the mother and sister of Alexei Navalny yesterday uh, that was in San Francisco. Uh, He's out there, I believe, campaigning. And one other picture, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Loftus, a psychology professor specializing in memory at the University of California, Irvine, uh, testifies for the defense Thursday, uh, day 26 of Michelle Traconis, and she's sitting there Gesturing and talking into a microphone. So, those are the pictures on the front page of the Hartford Current. We will now start with our stories, and the first one is from the Current, and it is from the World and Nations section from Las Vegas. A former FBI informant accused of lying about multi million dollar bribery allegations against President Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden, and purportedly having links to Russian intelligence was again taken into custody Thursday, two days after a judge said he could be freed ahead of trial, his attorney said in court documents. The arrests during a meeting Thursday morning with his lawyers at their offices in downtown Las Vegas came after prosecutors appealed a ruling allowing 43-year-old Alexander smirnov who holds dual U.S.-Israeli citizenship to be released with a GPS monitor ahead of trial on charges uh, alleging he lied to the FBI. He was taken into custody on a warrant for the same charges issued in California where the case was originally filed, his lawyer said. Several sealed entries were listed in the court docket, but no additional details about his return to custody were immediately available. A spokesman for Justice Department Special Counsel David Weiss confirmed uh, Smirnoff had been arrested again but did not have additional comment. He is in custody of U.S. Marshals in Nevada, said Gary uh, Schofield, the chief marshal in Las Vegas. Schmerhoff is charged with making a false statement and creating a false and fictitious record. He was arrested last week in Las Vegas, where he now lives, and a judge allowed him to be released with a GPS monitor on Tuesday. His attorneys, David Chesnoff and Richard Schoenfeld, uh, Schoenfeld, rather, said that they requested an immediate hearing on his detention. Prosecutors say Chernoff sure falsely told his handler that executives from the Ukrainian energy company Burisma paid President Biden and Hunter Biden $5 million each around 2015. The claim became central to the Republican impeachment inquiry of President Biden in congress Smirnov has not entered a plea to the charges but his lawyers have said that their client is presumed innocent and they look forward to defending him at trial charlie in the international
0: section of the new york times as gaza death toll mounts, israel's isolation grows from london When David Ben-Gurion, one of Israel's founding fathers, was warned in 1955 that his plan to seize the Gaza Strip from Egypt would provoke a backlash in the United Nations, he famously derided the UN, playing off its Hebrew acronym, Um, Umshumun. The phrase came to symbolize Israel's willingness to defy international organizations when it believes that its core interests are at stake. Nearly 70 years later, Israel faces another wave of condemnation in the United Nations, the International Court of Justice, and from dozens of countries over its military operation in Gaza, which has killed an estimated 29,000 Palestinians, many of them women and children, and left much of the territory in ruins. The huge swell in global pressure has left the Israeli government and its Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu deeply isolated, if not yet bowed, largely because it still has the support of its staunchest ally, the United States. This time, though, Israel faces a rare break with Washington. The Biden administration is circulating a draft resolution in the United Nations Security Council that would warn the Israeli military not to carry out a ground offensive in Rafah near Egypt, where more than a million Palestinian refugees are sheltering would also call for a temporary ceasefire as soon as practical. It's a big problem for the Israeli government because it has previously been able to hide behind the protection of the United States, said Martin S. Induk, a former American ambassador to Israel. But now Biden is signaling that Netanyahu can no longer take that protection for granted. There's a broader context of condemnation by international public opinion, which is unprecedented in breadth and depth and which has spread to the United States, Mr. Indyk said. The Democratic Party's progressive, youth, and Arab-American constituencies have all become angry and harshly critical of Biden for his support of Israel. Until now, President Biden has not allowed uh, international domestic pressure to sway him. On Tuesday, the United States defaulted to a familiar role invoking its veto in the Security Council to block a resolution sponsored by Algeria calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. It was the third time during the Gaza war that the United States vetoed a resolution putting pressure on Israel. Since the United Nations was established in 1945, three years before the State of Israel, the United States has used its veto more than 40 times to shield Israel from the Security Council. In the U.N. General Assembly, where Americans are just another vote, resolutions against Israel are commonplace. Last December, the Assembly voted 153 to 10 with 23 abstentions for an immediate ceasefire. As far as Israelis are concerned, the organizations are stacked against us, said Michael B. Oren, a former Israeli ambassador to the U.S., said of the United Nations, the International Court of Justice, and other bodies. What they do doesn't impact us strategically, tactically, or operationally. But Mr. Oren acknowledged that any break with the U.S., its largest supplier of weapons, a powerful political ally, and principal international defender, would be a whole different kettle of fish. While Israel has been under heavy pressure since the opening days of its offensive in Gaza, the chorus of voices from foreign capitals has grown thunderous in recent days. In London, the opposition Labour Party called for an immediate ceasefire on Tuesday, shifting its position from that of the governing Conservative Party under pressure from its members and from other opposition parties Bill.
1: Thank you, Charlie. This story from Montgomery, Alabama. Additional in vitro fertilization fertilization providers in Alabama paused parts of their treatment Thursday, sending patients scrambling to make other plans after the state superior court ruled that frozen embryos are legally considered children. Alabama Fertility Services said in a statement that it has, this is a quote, Made the impossibly difficult decision to hold new IVF treatments due to the legal risks to our clinic and our embryologists. Unquote. The Center for Reproductive Medicine at Mobile Infirmary also decided to pause IVF treatment because of the ruling. The decisions come to a, a come a day after the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Health System said in a statement that it was pausing IVF treatments so it could evaluate whether its patients or doctors could face criminal charges or punitive damages. We are contacting patients that will be affected today to find solutions for them, and we are working as hard as we can to alert our legislators as to the far-reaching negative impact of this ruling on the women of Alabama. Alabama Fertility said, AFS will not close. We will continue to fight for our patients and the families of Alabama. Mobile Infirmary, a hospital in the infirmary health system, decided the state Supreme Court ruling left the provider with no choice but to pause treatment systems, President and CEO Mark Nix said in a statement. We understand the burden this places on deserving families, who want to bring babies into this world and who have no alternative options for conceiving, he said. Doctors and patients have been grappling with shock and fear this week as they try to determine what they can and can't do after the ruling by the all-Republican Alabama Supreme Court that raises questions about the future of IVF. Alabama Fertility Services' decision left Gabby Goidel, who was days from An expected egg retrieval calling clinics across the South looking for a place to continue IVF care. I freaked out. I started crying. I felt in an extreme limbo state. They did not have all the answers. I did not obviously have any answers, she said. Charlie?
0: Leaked data files exposed China's hackers for hire. A rare look at Beijing's secret effort uh, to spy on targets overseas and at home. From Taipei, Taiwan, the hackers offered a menu of services at a variety of prices. A local government in southwest China paid less than $15,000 for access to the private website of traffic police in Vietnam. Software that helped run disinformation campaigns and hack accounts on x cost $100,000. For $278,000, Chinese customers could get a trove of personal information behind social media accounts on platforms like Telegram and Facebook. The offerings detailed in leaked documents were a portion of the hacking tools and data c- catches sold by a Chinese security firm called i Soon, one of the hundreds of enterprising companies that support China's aggressive state-sponsored hacking efforts. The work is in, is part of a campaign to break into a website of uh, into websites of foreign governments and telecommunications firms. The materials which were posted to a public website last week, revealed an eight-year effort to target databases and tap communications in South Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Malaysia, India, and elsewhere in Asia. The files also showed a campaign to closely monitor activities of other minorities in China and online gambling companies. The data included records of apparent correspondence between employees, lists of targets, and materials showing off Cyber attacks, uh, cyber attack tools. Three cybersecurity experts interviewed by the New York Times said that the documents appeared to be authentic. Taken together, the files offered a rare look inside the secret, secretive hackers for hire. They illustrated how Chinese law enforcement and its premier spy agency, the Ministry of State Security, have reached beyond their own ranks to tap private sector talent in a hacking campaign that United States officials say has targeted American companies and government agencies. We have every reason to believe that this is authentic data of a contractor supporting global and domestic cyber espionage operations out of China, said John Holtquist, the chief analyst at Google's Mandiant Intelligent. Mr. Holquist said that the leak revealed that Ai Soon was working for a range of Chinese government entities that sponsor hacking, including the Ministry of State Security, the People's Liberation Army, and China's National Police. At times, the firm's employees focused on overseas targets. In other cases, they helped China's feared Ministry of Public Security surveil Chinese citizens domestically and overseas.
1: Thank you, Charlie. The story on the front page of the Hartford Current The number of the mother rather of Russia's late opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, said Thursday that she has seen her son's body and that she is resisting strong pressure by authorities to agree to a secret burial outside the public eye. Ludmila Navalnyana said investigators allowed her to see her son's body in the city morgue. She said she reaffirmed the demand to give Navalny's body to her and protested when she described as authorities were trying to force her to agree to a secret burial. They are blackmailing me. They are setting conditions where when and how my son should be buried, she said, in a video statement from the Arctic city of Sleckard. They want to do it secretly without a mourning ceremony. The Vonley's spokeswoman, Kira Yarshmith, said on X, formerly Twitter, that his mother was also shown a medical certificate stating that the 47-year-old politician died of natural causes. The armist didn't specify what those were. Navalny, Russia's most well-known opposition politician, died in an Arctic prison last week, prompting hundreds of Russians across the country to stream to impromptu memorials with flowers and candles. The Russian authorities have detained scores of them as they seek to suppress any major outpouring of sympathy for President Vladimir Putin's fiercest foe before the presidential election, as he is almost certain to win. Across the ocean in San Francisco, President Joe Biden met with Navalny's widow, Yulia Navalnyana, and 20-year-old daughter, Dasha, a Stanford University student, and expressed condolences for their devastating loss. That was a quote from the president. He goes on to say, to state the obvious, he was a man of incredible courage, Biden said after the meeting. And he goes on to say again, it's amazing how his wife and daughter are emulating that nabali's mother has filed a lawsuit at a court in Selekard, contesting officials refusal to release her son's body a closed-door hearing has been scheduled for march fourth on tuesday she appealed to putin to release her son's remains so that she could bury him with dignity